Hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders and my co-host. Hi, Dave Blackman. Of Technology Expresso, and we are here live at the 2014 National BDPA Conference here in Indianapolis. And our next guest on today's show is Dr. Earl Pace, the Dr. Earl Pace. Um, and so first of all, thank you for uh, spending some time with Technology Expresso. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the fact that you have promoted me to doctor, <laughs> um, where uh, where I, I, I can't claim that distinction. You know, I'm in the trenches, but thank you very much for having okay, me. Okay, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I just was trying to find every honor that I could bestow I, upon I appreciate you. it. I didn't want it to come back later to, to bite me when people say he fraudulently put himself forward as a doctor. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll call it an honorary doctor. Yeah. All right, wonderful, wonderful. With all the uh, powers vested in technology expresso. I'll uh, take it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But no, we're, we're excited and uh, thank you for um, joining us and we're looking forward to, you know, no one can talk about the history of BDPA but you. <laughs> Everyone else can uh, regurgitate but yes. you can tell us the original story and, and even, you know, uh, if we go all the way back to 1965 yes. and that's where I'd like to actually start is, would you paint the picture for in 1965, what okay. data processing <laughs> looked like back in 1965? Oh my, okay. Um, well, 1965 was, uh, was truly the beginning of my career, okay, and uh, as we move along, I'll tell you how it came full circle for me, which is an irony. Um, I, was, I graduated from college with a degree in personnel and labor relations, a business career, a business degree. My intent was to become a labor arbitrator, uh, so I was going to go to law school, become a lawyer, and then arbitrate the labor disputes. Um, and where else to practice labor arbitration but at the railroads? Uh, so I was uh, fortunate enough, I had a, an uncle who got me an interview at the Pennsylvania Railroad. Um, and uh, so I went there and I was married my last year of college, had a, had a daughter, um, and uh, the railroad interviewed me. And this was when affirmative action was in its heyday. So um, in the in when I went for the interview, they informed me that they didn't have any openings in the labor relations department. Um, and I later found out that they had their African-American or, or black person that they had added to labor relations. But they then asked me if I would be willing to take this aptitude test because they had this new department, computer programming, um, that was starting up. And if, uh, if I took the aptitude test, it paid a little more than the labor relations department. So being married with a child, absolutely, I'll take the programming aptitude test. So I took the test. and. Um, Hopefully my career evidence is that I did pass it, <laughs> um, because one never knows in the times of affirmative action. Right. But I, uh, I, gra I joined the uh, computer programming department at the Pennsylvania Railroad, and they taught me how to program computers. So I started working on a, um, what was called a 1401 computer, which had 4,000 positions of memory. And I was charged with doing the entire gross-to-net payroll system for the Pennsylvania Railroad on 4,000 positions of core. Mm -hmm. uh, and ironically enough, those were times when they now call it virtual, 
we would spin code off to a tape until we needed it and bring it back, but you really needed to know what the computer could do. Okay, you, you know when you execute a read that it goes over a multiplexer channel or a selector channel and what the rate is of the, the disk. So it was really a challenging position. Um, that was before COBOL and before the fourth generation languages. You really had your hands on the computer. Okay, So I passed that test and got trained at the Pennsylvania Railroad. Uh, and a couple years later did what most people who are in IT should do is to go out and test the market so that they will always know what their value is. Um, and I did this uh, and found uh, a small company that was forming, that was developing what turned out to be one of the first real online, real-time bank processing systems. And I was hired by that company. So it was uh, four people that they hired, and I was one of those four people. And they could care less that I was black. So it was myself, a Polish fellow, uh, and two Caucasian Americans. Um, and it was a co-op that was formed by nine banks in the Philadelphia area. So during the day, uh, we young computer lines, we would start developing the systems. And at night, the bank presidents would come down and teach us banking. So on the job, we learned the business side. And at the same time, we had the computer knowledge, so we were able to join that, which is a, um, a trait that most people in IT now need to realize that uh, it's um, not just good for you to know how to program or to develop code. You need to know the business that you're working for so that you can apply that computer programming skill to the actual application. So we learned that back in 1967, 68, 69. Fast forward. Uh, in that company, I was—I uh, moved from a programmer to a programmer analyst, and eventually was promoted to a programming management position. Um, and uh, we grew from those four people to about seventy or eighty people in the company. Um, and I was at a programming seminar in Mountain Shadows, Arizona. We were learning something. Uh, about basic telecommunications access systems, which is called BTAM. And I was in a room with uh, 199 programming managers who happened to be Caucasian and me. Hmm. Um, and I found it rather unique that I could be in this industry and, uh, and be in a location like this, and I was the only black person that was in the room. Um, when breaks came and I was uh, would go and join groups who were talking about the very difficult technical presentations. It seemed when I joined the group, they would start talking about basketball mm. uh, and not the, the difficult course that we were dealing with. And that impacted me. Mm. Um, a fellow by the name of uh, David Wimberly, who was working in the same building that I was working in, uh, had been trying to encourage me to, uh, to start a group. Um, he wanted to start it because uh, it would be a good placement facility and there could be some money made by placing people in the data processing industry, which is what it was called then. That was not my interest and uh, my experience in Arizona um, made me aware of the fact that there needed to be some upward mobility as well as um, pathways for um, African Americans in this industry. So when I came back from that conference, 
Um, the next time I saw David Wimberly, I said, it's a good idea, let's start this organization. So we rented a hotel room and started inviting some of our friends to come, and eventually we formed Black Data Processing Associates. And that was the, uh, the genesis of the organization. Wow. Um, we started having monthly meetings, mm -hmm. um, invited uh, a speaker uh, of a friend of a friend of mine out of Washington, D.C. Um, he was in the Army, and he was in the, uh, the intelligence side dealing with security. Um, and we invited him up to speak to the group. And his name was Norman Mays. And Norman Mays was uh, very impressed with uh, our group. And ironically enough, he was talking to us uh, back then. This is early 1970s. He was talking to us about some of the security issues, like that uh, someone could park outside of your building and could ascertain what keystrokes you are keying on a keyboard. And uh, it was very relevant then, and it's still relevant today. But he was impressed with what we were doing, um, and when his presentation was over, he went back to Washington and reached out to me to ask me if uh, he could form a chapter in Washington, D.C. Never expected that. You know, we were in Philadelphia, and I figured that's where we would be. So, of course, we said, certainly, if you want to do that. The, um, I was then still president of the Philadelphia chapter, and the, uh, the vice president of that chapter, a fellow by the name of Ralph Gordon, and I got in my car, and we started going back and forth up and down 95 to help Norman form this Washington, D.C. chapter, uh, which he did. Uh, I think it was probably 1980 when he formed that chapter. Um, and then he mustered out of the service and went home to Cleveland. So what did he do in Cleveland? <laughs> He's formed a, formed a chapter. So that's when we became national Black Data Processing Associates, right. BDPA. So that was the uh, genesis of the organization, and now we're, uh, you know, over 45 chapters across the country. Um, classroom to the boardroom is our tagline, so we, um, we have people involved from, um, gosh, 12-year-olds, um, right up through CIOs. Um, we probably train 1,500 or so uh, students every year mm -hmm. and have been doing it since 1986. So I've probably added 25,000, 30,000 people to the, uh, to the IT community. Um, and we do it all through a volunteer group. Uh, the only person who gets paid at BDPA is the office administrator. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, uh, we are you know, truly a, a family-oriented organization that uh, you can develop your technical and your soft skills in an environment that's nurturing, um, not critical, uh, and you know, one where you can develop a career. Uh, ironically enough, we're at the conference, and I just, uh, stop me if I'm talking too long. Oh, um, I was at a luncheon just you know, before this interview, talking with Dr. Jesse Bemley, who is the uh, the gentleman who actually had the foresight to start our, our high school computer competition program back in 1986. And there was a young man who, who took part in his uh, IT showcase, which is for advanced high school students and college students, who had uh, invented um, a device that extended the length of uh, Bluetooth transmission. 
Um, and he had been awarded a scholarship by one of our uh, vendors at, at, the, at a conference. And I asked him what had, what had happened to that young man. And uh, Jesse told me that he had graduated from college. Um, he had taken one job, but now he was working with a startup in upstate New York, making more money than he knew what to do with. Uh, so I said, we have to get him to come back and talk to some of our students, because that's just one of several um, you know, career, wonderful career opportunities that have um, branched out of um, association with BDPA. Exactly. Yeah, when you think about it, the children of BDPA, you know, I'm sure we we have an alumni association mm -hmm. deep, mm -hmm. you know, because they've probably gone on and been so successful, but haven't had time to call home, right. but it's right. time next year, because next year's a big year. Next year's the 40th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. so we yeah. got to have yeah. everybody come back yeah. home. Yeah. And, um, yeah. However, one, well, yeah, one thing that's been, you know, I won't say it's missed, but uh, we, we uh, you know, the students and the excitement of the students being here is very contagious. Mm -hmm. But the, we can't lose the fact that these students are shepherded from their entry level into, for instance, this gentleman who now is making more money than he can think of in a startup. Right? He moved along certain career paths within BDPA, but he did it because of the professionals that were in the organization who shared it with him. Mm -hmm. Okay, So our whole classroom to the boardroom mantra says that if you're a professional and you're helping that student that's in school move up to the level that you are, up in front of you is somebody who is in middle management or upper management who is doing the same thing for you. So it is, you know, it's a self-help kind of organization. It's been very successful. Um, and it's being done in an environment that's not challenging, well, it's challenging, but it's not, um, it's not a negative environment. It's positive. It's encouraging. Um, and I think that's what separates BDPA from a lot of the other organizations that do the same thing, but I think the, uh, the environment is different. And I think that's very effective for particularly African-American students um, who may not be coming from uh, an environment that is as nurturing and as supportive, um, but they can come out of that into an environment and see people who look like them, who have moved up into very influential positions. Um, a spinoff of BDPA uh, is a group called the uh, Information Technology Senior Management Forum. Um, originally in 1996, um, Carl Williams, who started that group, came to BDPA's conference and talked about wanting to form that organization, uh, which we assisted him in doing. Um, and they now have 80, 90 CIO director level people who are have achieved, uh, I'll say they've achieved the, the boardroom kind of level mm -hmm. uh, in that BDPA continuum. So uh, it, it's some, BDPA is something that can offer anyone at any level of their career to increase it because upward mobility was our re reason for being. Absolutely.
Absolutely. Now, let's talk about, and let's kind of do a comparison of times, um, because, again, you were at the conference and you, you didn't see anyone that mm -hmm. necessarily looked like you, yes. but, uh, <laughs> and we were just speaking about this, uh, ironically, though, in those times, you talked about it didn't matter what color you yes, were. Correct. And now, talk about now to today, do we have the same challenge or do we have a different challenge? Well, I, I, I think the, um, the challenge is different now. Um, in the, the 60s, 1960, early 70s, the, the industry was, was just starting to open up and the possibilities were endless. So when you're in that environment, the person who is prepared is the best, gets the best shot. Um, so we had a, uh, I think, a rather unique opportunity at that time because you didn't have to have a college degree to enter into, quote, data processing then. You know, you just had to have a logical mind. You needed to know something about mathematics, but you didn't have to necessarily have that formal bachelor's degree or master's degree, right? So, you know, some people in the African-American community who did not go beyond uh, high school had a good opportunity to get into an industry that was growing, getting at, a, at an entry level, computer operator, data entry operator, um, uh, you know, even some people who have started doing things like just swapping tapes, right? Yes. You get, you get, you're into that industry and now you're in the environment. And particularly what BDPA could do at that time is start exposing people to what's, what they need to move into the next level. So if we, and this was the kind of the vision of BDPA, because our original objectives were to accumulate a pool of IT, we called it data processing mm -hmm. then, accumulate a pool of that knowledge and then offer that knowledge to the African-American community and to people who were considering IT as a career. So we started reaching out to the community, reaching out to students to get them to come into that industry because it was such a wide open industry. It was like the gold rush. Mm -hmm. You, know, you mm -hmm. see on TV everybody going to California to go to the gold fields. Well, it's, that was a similar thing. Okay? So the opportunities were endless. S many of us took advantage of it, but I don't think the numbers that we had anticipated, uh, took advantage of it. It's closing now. I mean, here's an industry that is, you know, Ford, I've been in it for 50 years, okay? Um, it's matured. Uh, and now you have to have a bachelor's degree. In many cases, if you don't have a master's or some certification, uh, you can't really move up in this and you know, in this industry. Um, but there's still opportunities that are there for people who are prepared. BDPA now, you know, more helps you develop those soft skills that you need. If you're in the industry and you're at a lower level and you need to know how to, um, how to speak in front of a group, well, we give you those opportunities to, to, to talk when you participate in uh, committees. You know, we'll teach you how to put a budget together. We'll teach you how to, um, how to operate under that budget. We'll teach you how to train and speak to people because everything is volunteer. So we help you those develop those soft skills, but at the same time, our program committee and our programs in our chapters 
give you some technical knowledge too um, because companies used to train people. I was trained by the Pennsylvania Railroad. Um, companies don't train people anymore. They're starting to come back around there because they're realizing they can't just steal people from other companies mm -hmm. and continue that way. All right? um, so they're starting to train again. But BDPA has been preparing those people all along. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's, let's talk about because you started out and, and through opportunity and being prepared and uh, kind of going for the, the unknown and, and that type of thing. Um, got into IT, but you then later also evolved into an entrepreneur. Yes. And I think that um, BDPA's platform also nurtures that. So talk about your journey to entrepreneur and what, what, how you see BDPA nurturing. Okay. Um, I think entrepreneurism was in my blood, right? Um, you know, when I was in, uh, in high school, well, actually, when I was in junior high school, um, my mother opened a dry cleaners um, and I was on the basketball team um, in, my high, in my junior high and my high school and, and I recall um, coming home from school after basketball practice and looking around the corner for the street that I lived on to see if I saw steam coming out the side of the building because if I saw steam coming out the side of the building, I knew that when I got home, I would have to press close. Um, you know, because I always had a crease in my basketball uniform too. But uh, but that's the environment that I grew up in. Um, while I was in college, uh, my mother decided that the dry cleaning business wasn't for her any longer. So when I went away to college, she then went into uh, beauty culture and became a um, uh, managing her own beauty salon. So entrepreneurism wa was there. Um, so I knew that I wanted to be in business eventually anyway. Um, but then I got this opportunity in the computer industry um, after I got out of college and I, so I, and I developed those skills. Um, while I, I was pretty successful in my initial career and I became a vice president of that same financial services telecommunications company. And I recall, um, you know, and I was, reporting to the board of directors. So in essence, I was at a CIO level in those days, but it wasn't called CIO, okay? It was just vice president. Um, I hired a lot of people because we grew from those initial four to about 180 people in that company. Uh, and of course, when I hired, I hired based upon what your skill level was. Uh, and I had a decent proportion of um, blacks and, uh, and, and other Hispanics and other, other minorities. Um, and at one instance, I remember a board member coming up to me and said, uh, hey Earl, are you trying to make online service to the United Nations? And my response to him was, well, I hire people based upon their ability, uh, and isn't that what you want? And he left me in a huff. Um, but I could do that then because I wasn't threatened by his comments because they needed the skill that I had. Um, and that's what people who are moving into positions now should feel an obligation to do because they didn't get there by themselves. Somebody had to hire them, so they should be secure enough and not be concerned because people will actually respect you more mm -hmm. if they realize that you recognize that there are people uh, 
who need your assistance and you're not ashamed to give them that opportunity, uh, even though it might be a slightly hostile environment. Exactly, exactly. Um, so oh, but the question you asked me was about my entrepreneurship. <laughs> right. Okay? Uh, and it was uh, not too, uh, too long after that. I mean, I always had this bent. Um, and, and now that I'm further in my career, sometimes I always second guess myself and say, should I have stayed at online service a little longer? But I wanted to start a business. So I was able to purchase um, from a, a couple who were retiring. I was able to purchase the business accounts and the name of a company that happened to be a key punch company that was uh, doing uh, key to disc and key to tape. But I knew that I had the background in higher level telecommunications processing that I could add that capability to the base that I got from that company. So I formed Pace Data Systems, started out doing a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the key punch and data capture type things. Uh, and now Pace Data Systems has um, developed software for banks, credit unions, it uh, licenses software across the country. Uh, has about uh, about about 50 banks that are using its software across the country, and we maintain that and do some uh, some municipal uh, government development. So it's turned out well. I didn't know whether I was a um, an entrepreneur or an economic and social activist because <laughs> I I probably spend as much time with BDPA or even more than I did with Pace Data Systems. But it's been a a labor of love from both sides. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and um, talking about BDPA and like I said, over the the last forty, you know, fifty years being mm -hmm. in the industry. Um, when you look back, um, you, you you didn't have the full blueprint for BDPA. Now you can look over the sea. You mm -hmm. know, talking about building a United Nations at uh, last year's uh, opening ceremony when all the students were walking through. Yeah. it was just such. A, a, it's so beautiful, it and, and that's is. why you know, and, and that's why Technology Express. So we say to everybody, you got to experience a yeah. national conference just once. Yeah. you know, you can't just um, look at BDPA at your local chapter. You're a part. Of of a very big family, yes, um, yes. and and uh, that that's the beautiful thing, and that's why we enjoy in any way we can to promote it. Um, but looking at BDPA, um, first of all, what, what's the you know? Are, are you still surprised at how you got here? I mean, was there an aha moment like you were like, whoa? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Uh, but you know, after the uh, as a result of the number of years that I've been. Uh, within BDPA, as you get a little more mature, you start getting a little impatient. <laughs> so um, I, I, I know that it's a wonderful organization. We have um, you know added thousands and thousands of people to the to the industry. We have helped untold number of careers, um, but we've not done enough. Mm -hmm. uh, there's still so much more to do. Um, and the environment is becoming more challenging uh, and more adversarial than, than it was for some time. Mm -hmm. okay? um, the world has found out about IT. Um, you're not competing with a graduate from another college in the United States. 
You're competing with well-trained people from India, China, Ireland, Russia, Germany. So it now has become a true global marketplace. Um, and the, the opportunity, because the United States has always been uh, at the forefront of the development. So here you, you're operating in the playground where most of the new things and the new development is occurring. Well, everybody is now looking in that direction. So your competition is much, much more significant. So we have to be better, um, and we can't lose time. You know, we can't, uh, can't lose our position. So um, at my ripe old age, I'm getting a little impatient, um, and I'd, uh, I'd like to, uh, to see BDPA recognized for what it truly is and that is a, a unique organization that helps people improve their position in their career, but in a way that many other organizations do not. Absolutely, and, and that's a, a segue uh, that, that I was gonna ask is, you know, do you ever feel like maybe BDPA is misunderstood to some extent, and then there's, there's certain things that separate BDPA, just the, the fact that you've been doing it for 40, 50 years mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. of separates it, um, but it, it maybe even some of your thoughts about other organizations looking to collaborate with BDPA versus us seeing each other as competition, maybe. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it would be nice. You know, the, you know, first of all, let me say this. Uh, BDPA stands for Black Data Processing Associates, okay? And over the years, there have been, um, um, you know, people who wanted to change the name, get rid of the black, uh, get rid of the data processing, and make it, you know, more relevant to people. Um, and I, 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 I have been resistant to it, um, not because uh, I was involved in the original name, but because the motivation still has not changed. Um, if, you look at, if you look at BDPA, you will see, you know, in our students, high school and college, you will see uh, blacks, you'll see um, white Americans, you'll see Indian, you'll see Hispanics, uh, you will see the true, a true rainbow of colors. But um, we have a, an African American president and people would always expect that, well, that's the end of an era. You know, a black has become president of the United States. Well, the underlying, and we know this now because of eight years of what has happened to Barack Obama in the White House, okay? The environment has not changed. If anything, it's more acidic. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think our motivation, even though we're open to anyone, our objectives are still to increase the upward mobility of African Americans in the IT industry and to bring more African American uh, youth into the industry. Mm -hmm. That's still our motivation, mm -hmm. all right? Our programs are open to anybody. But as long as you recognize that that's what our objectives are, um, the benefits are still there. We'll have you know you know people who are um, Hispanic or, or East Indian uh, who are taking part in our high school computer competition. Uh, they're members of a chapter. They're they're functioning on program committees. They're as involved in BDPA as anyone else. But the objectives of the organization is to bring those African-Americans in. And we don't apologize for it, okay? Um, if we only end up with 200,000 members of BDPA as opposed to 20 million, that's okay, 
All right, that's still a success. Um, but we encourage collaboration with other groups. Um, we think we have a good model. Um, we th we've developed it over 40 years, which is a long time and much longer than most of the other organizations. Um, and we share our op information openly. You know, um, I heard, learned while I was here at the conference there is a, uh, another group that has formed um, that has actually scraped some of our screens and changed the logos and some of the information and put it up on their website. We're okay with that. <laughs> you know, as long, long as you get to the mountain, it doesn't matter how you get there. Um, but we would love to collaborate with other organizations. And this administration that's in now is actively doing that. Um, they've recognized that there is a, um, a new need for social media, um, for application development. Uh, so we're moving in that direction. Right? Uh, I, I sit at some of those meetings and I, and I hear some of the things that they're talking about and doing, and it's quite a different environment. Mm -hmm. the, um, the audience is much different. Um, before, when we wanted to have a meeting, we would all gather at the uh, local restaurant or uh, have a, a fundraiser at the Club Impulse in Philadelphia. Um, people would, would, would dance and we would um, make our presentation and we'd get members. Well, well now if you're not downloaded into an, an, an iPhone or a Windows phone with an app that, that shows you, and we're doing that with this conference. Okay? We have an app where you can download it from bdpa.org and you can follow this conference wherever you are. Right? So it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a new era. Okay? Old war horses like me that <laughs> punched into 5081 cards. We had to make a transition to, uh, I got a smartphone. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I, so I made the transition. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an industry that you have, to, you have to keep up with it yeah. uh, or else you'll get left behind. Absolutely, absolutely. And you were talking about them scraping their screens. And what do they say? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yes. So, you know, yes. we'll take that. And then, then I also want to point out something you said is that we, we do have uh, uh, people and are accepting. I think um, I often say that a group that has felt excluded, we're the best to be inclusive. Yes. BDPA is inclusive. Yes. Um, but I also recognize that other people recognize the quality programs that we provide students and they're getting their students involved so it's not just you know uh you, that we're teaching um a lower level we're teaching the latest and greatest and people notice yes. that and yes. that's why they want to be involved with it um and that's why you know to your point and and i think the other thing that came out of the 60s and 70s is it's us helping ourselves Mm -hmm. So why would anyone not, you know, promote and understand the value of what we're doing? We're not saying that anyone else isn't there, that, you know, um, that we're excluding anyone. Right. It's just right. us helping ourselves, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. helping each other and giving back. And I, um, you know, that's why uh, I, I think that people have such a passion for VDPA. Once, instead of standing on the outside trying to judge mm -hmm. what's behind mm -hmm. the curtain, yeah. if you come, come on in, in, you stay in, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, um, and, uh, you know, and thank you, you know, for, you know, because I'm, I, I know 
the hours that it takes just at our local level. So you have given, so like you said, you've given as many hours to BDPA as you have to your own endeavors. This is true. And, um, true. But, but I mean, an awesome legacy. You know, this is, this is where it started and everyone else, like I said, can only imitate at this point what you've done because longevity speaks for itself. Yeah. Well, I, 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 ho I hope they um, what is it, it, emulate which means to strive to equal or exceed. So if that is a, um, a starting point for someone else as I move on to my deck and drink my margaritas <laughs> and watch the sunset, if uh, there's another uh, you know, person, organization, many people who uh, want to take this baton, and move it faster, I will push them as much as possible until I can't push the wheel anymore yeah. uh, because the objective is what's important. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you'll find that within BDPA it's not self-grandizement. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to a fault you'll find that the organization and its objectives is what motivates the people that are there. I'm amazed, I really am amazed at some of the um, efforts that people put forth in this organization simply because of the passion that they have. Yeah. If you've got a volunteer organization with close to 50 chapters who have you know, trained thousands of students and the only person who gets paid is the administrative assistant, all that has this this conference. If you can pull off a conference or can run an organization of 50 chapters like this, when nobody gets paid, Imagine what you can do in a position where you're writing the check. Absolutely. So we're preparing people in an environment that they can now move into corporate America or into a business and use that skill that they've developed with all of the, um, the nuances right. of what you have to do to motivate a person to do it. But add to that the ability of giving them a paycheck you'll make all kinds of wonderful progress. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll ask you just, just uh, one more question, and this, this may be the hardest of all, but do you have any particular favorite part of the conference? Yeah. Other than it, the end. <laughs> it, well, no, it, no, it is always, um, I, I, I enjoy interacting with the professionals. But it is the enthusiasm of the students that gets me every time. All right? um, if I lose my composure, which I always struggle to do at this point in my life, mm -hmm. it is when I'm in front of the students. Mm -hmm. um, when, I can, when, you look out, when you look out on that sea of, of high school and college students, and even the 12-year-olds, and you see the promise that's there, that's the that's the high point for me. Yeah, 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 and and this is probably you know that other end of the spectrum that a lot of people don't see, and that's why this year uh, we've got a lot of media outlets to cover this mm -hmm. um, because the news will show you a different face of yes. young people, yes. but we probably have, are are skewed in the other direction Absolutely. because I, and I love to see because even yeah. uh, last year at the opening ceremony as they just swarmed around you <laughs> to talk to you and the thing that that really got yeah. me a lot of them want to tell you their ideas yes the, I mean these yes. are entrepreneurs oh. in the making Absolutely. and you yeah. you talk to each and every one of A them, twelve year old so. gave me his business card last year wow yes <laughs> yes. 
So it is just amazing, and I'm just really looking forward to next year, to our anniversary, our alumni coming back, and also everyone who's just been sitting on the sidelines. Come on in, yes. check out BDPA. Um, you know, if you think you know what we're doing, by the time you even uh, fathom what we're doing today, mm -hmm. it's moving forward. I mean, we're moving as fast as the industry. It's an unbelievable experience, and if, if you think they've been good, you wait until we get to D.C. and our 40th anniversary. Uh, D.C. had better be ready. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking with Earl Pace, uh, the founder of BDPA, and we appreciate your time, and, and again, Thank you for this foundation that you've laid for so many people, including Technology Expresso on behalf of David and I. And just make sure before we have, you said foundation. Yeah. Um, there is a BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, which is a 501c3 uh, that's responsible for raising funds, not only for our scholarships, but for support of our, our local chapters. People in your audience can go to BDPBETF.org um, and we're always ready to receive some contributions. We're not begging for them, but if you think what we're doing is uh, uh, worth supporting, take a look at us and see what you might want to do. Absolutely, a worthwhile investment. Yes. So thank you again, and uh, see you around at the conference. I hope to. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye.